You're listening to The Kylo Show, the podcast where we talk about how to keep your love on no matter what and why whole healthy families are going to save the world. And it starts right now. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to The Kylo Show. We are still your host. We're still here. <laughs> 80 episodes. I know. It feels like a lot. <laughs> it does feel like a lot. It's we've gone through some set changes, a few adjustments here and there, but pretty consistent. It's true. We we we're hanging in there like a hair in a biscuit. That's a gross description. I we need to come up with a better one. Okay. That's a that's a, a Randy Hill expression that I learned was from him. I, I learned <laughs> that's it. That's where uh, I heard it first. <laughs> oh, what's his name? Ray Ray Hughes. Rehues. Yeah. That's right. It's it's a whole story. It's when we hilarious. were we were just at Benny's service, um, and Larry Randolph Randolph and Laura came up on the screen. Yep. I just had flashbacks of sitting on the front row at Bethel at sixteen, laughing so hard that I'm afraid I'm gonna disrupt the message mm-hmm. because he is just so funny. I don't know if you know him but he i i my heart just instantly was happy seeing his face i was like oh my goodness i forgot about how much i i loved him and more just seeing that whole crew of guys Mm -hmm. are so hilarious and they are pretty bobby connor yes i love bobby (laughs) as well Ray Hughes is a uh, comedian. I, I don't know ray hughes as well as i knew larry randolph but i think it's because larry was at bethel for a season um and I don't know how long they were there, but it was a little while. Couple years. Yeah, so so much fun. Oh my goodness, those Southern guys are just so much fun. Yeah, so much fun. Hilarity. Bobby Connor. I he reminds me of the first couple years Ben and I were married. Yeah. He used to come around all the time. I mean, he came. I remember in Weaverville having lunch with him at Victorian Cafe or whatever that place is called up there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Victorian. but Victorian. Yeah, that's it. But I just remember early years of doing youth camp with Banning, and Ben and I are newlyweds, and driving Bobby Connor back to Reading for some church that, that service. That story where he fought a bear. Yes. And the bear sat on his head. Yes. Or when he <laughs> went in and like nibbles on the woman's ear. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. If you don't know any of these stories, we sound kind of crazy, but they're oh. just the best. Yeah. Hilarious. Prophetic voices that I just love all of them. Mm-hmm. They're so, so great. So much fun. Yeah. Being being at that service was beautiful. I, I mean, we've been talking about community, and I just think, you know, wow. I haven't really been back to Bethel. You have every month, many times. But I've gone a handful of times since mm-hmm. we moved eight mm-hmm. years ago. And you instantly walk in the room, and it's just the same group of people that you were running with hard, fast, and furious back then that are still doing it at Bethel. And, you know, you just worshiping at her service, aside from sobbing, it was just like, oh, I forgot how this place feels when you get all... I mean, it was the... We had some... Home run hitters in that room, as, yeah. as Benny could do. She'd get it, everybody in one room. A couple thousand people mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. and so many of the generals oh. assembled, you know, for, yeah. uh, the, you know, just to honor her and Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Their kids, they were just, it was powerful, but it, I just thought, wow, this is thinking about the community that you and mom created with. Bill and Benny when you first got saved and then how that stayed and expanded, you know, Chris and Kathy. And, you know, I don't know that any of us were got super close to the Johnson kids or the Valison kids. I was closest with Leah mm-hmm. um, and Leah and I are still friends, but, and Gabe, that was probably our closest, but our kids, cause we got married young and had kids. So a lot of like Delaney grew up with a bunch of the grandkids, yeah. which is they were all in school together and their birthdays are all within a couple months. It's kind of funny. We just had this lineup of kids. But talk about a community that's been rich for how long have you guys been friends? Well, I met Chris Ballington when I was 16. Mm. 
So that's kind of a scary thought. What is uh, what is sixteen year old you and how old Chris? And he's he was 23, 23 <laughs> year old Chris Valentin. Yeah, uh, I didn't get saved until five years into that. So I was twenty one, and he's twenty eight. Mm-hmm. So we're, but we've been friends, uh, in deeper friends every year since mm-hmm. then. So that's you know forty four years. Later, yeah. we are, you know, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he, he's, he's my best long-term friend that I could point to, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And when I, when I get in a crisis, there's like two or three guys I call and he's one of them. Yeah. Well, they were all there that day. We were all. Yeah. All together. Bill, Bill's another one. Yeah. You know. And then Bob Hassan would be another one. Mm-hmm. So I mean, those are those are my ping ping ping, ping my list of mm-hmm. phone calls when I'm when my world's coming apart. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But it it was fun to see just I don't know, you 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 had a we talked about how community is a agreed upon culture that we're all willing to protect and that's definitely what I felt in that room when we were all there. Yeah. With Full. I mean, I I knew a significant amount of people there. Um, probably, I mean, a ton of them actually, um, and a lot of them I didn't know. But it was kind of crazy that we're all there together. Yeah, sharing this community, chasing yeah. after something. So, a beautiful thing that needs to be restored, I think, in the church yeah. across the nation. Yeah, I don't know that everybody has this luxury. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I and I'm sad that so. So few people have the rich heritage that I got to yeah. tap into and then fight with all my might to protect. Yeah. There's been about 200 opportunities to just walk away from this because mm-hmm. of hurt and uh, misunderstanding, disagreement, uh, injustice. You know, it just goes on and on. You, 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 you have to fight to end up with this kind of legacy connection. It's true. And it's worth protecting. It is. It has been. And I know that it's the most valuable thing that you can fight for is community momentum. Mm -hmm. And I know that because I see the devil's strategy to dissolve it. Yeah. You know, the, the, the day that we live in is... It feels like, wow, this is, mm-hmm. you know, Isaiah talks about, you know, in that day, bitter will be sweet and sweet will mm-hmm. be bitter and lies will be true and truth will be called a lie. <laughs> like, okay, well, here we are. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means exactly, but... Uh, but it feels very relevant. <laughs> we are standing in that moment. Yeah. And you you just can't even believe it. I just can't even believe mm-hmm. that the people are rallied around manipulative leadership. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I don't even know how you did that. I don't know how you're getting away with that. I don't know how this just continues on. And it feels like everywhere I turn, there it is. Mm-hmm. It's happening with everyone that has made power their goal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. A little bit scary. <laughs> a but, lot of it scary. But then Jesus, you know. <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah. And then, but then God. Uh, yeah. So I, I think the the practice, the... the um, paradigm, the philosophy, I, I, I don't know what exactly to, to label it, but this idea of deconstructing everything. Like we're going to, oh, we're just deconstructing our my faith right now. I'm just deconstructing my family right now. I'm just deconstructing our, our, <laughs> our, our theology right now. We're just deconstructing. I, what does that mean? It means tearing stuff apart. <laughs> yeah. That's what deconstructing this means. Really, <laughs> sounds educated way of saying uh, ripping apart 
truth yeah. and inserting my own. I thought it was cool when they brought me like a deconstructed <laughs> s'mores. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sun, you know, chocolate sundae or whatever de- de- deconstructed dessert. I'm like, wow, look at that! It's just everywhere. It's just, <laughs> he just threw it on the plate. It's just everywhere, and well, that's a fancy word too. But when you apply it to human relationships and or society. Mm-hmm. Families, yeah. Then you're, you're you're you have to ask yourself why, yeah. Why are you doing this? What? And then what are you going to do with all that? It, when I when I think of deconstructionism, I think of if you know if if I called the maintenance the, the uh, Maytag repairman, you know, and I said, hey, uh, my dishwasher quit working, and he comes over. And he takes a week to tear my dishwasher apart, leave it all over my kitchen. And, and then at the end of the week, I've been living in this. He says, I found a hose with a hole in it, and I found a, a bearing out and a pump. So I took the pump apart, and here's the bearing, and here's the hose. And he sets them on the counter and then walks out and charges me $500. Like That was helpful? <laughs> That was purposeful. What what in the world does it help that you just took something that was working? It needed some repair, but it was working. Mm-hmm. And now you've deconstructed it all over my kitchen mm-hmm. and then left me with a disassembled dishwasher. Well, and and I'm guessing you have no knowledge of how to put this all back together. Well, I don't. I had, that's why I called him for help. <laughs> and he came in and said, well, I found you got two problems with this dishwasher. Well, could you just have addressed those two problems? Did you really have to tear apart my whole dishwasher and leave it deconstructed? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my problem with all this, you know, everybody griping about everything and attacking all the institutions of our society as though they have a solution. They don't. It's not hard to tear stuff apart. I know how to tear a dishwasher apart. You just keep undoing <laughs> screws, right? Got it. I don't have to be a, We an, did this to the microwave. Yeah. Don't don't, <laughs> don't have to be an expert to tear stuff apart. Yes. But you do have to be an artist. You have to be an engineer. You have to be valuable to put things together. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to relationships and the orchestration of love, you actually have to be guided by the spirit of love Mm -hmm. to assemble things towards the fruit of love. And deconstructionism is literally disassembling a society and just leaving it all over the place. You have to be led by the spirit which means that you have to have space to be focusing on the spirit and know what spirit you're following exactly and that's the other big thing is is the spirit of of the world is so loud that it it is just constantly demanding that i am true mm-hmm. look over here look over here look here look at this shiny sparkly look at look how shiny sparkly mm-hmm. this, this is truth Right here, right here, right here. Or, or look at look at this that you should be afraid of. Mm, yeah. Look at this you should be afraid of. Mm-hmm. You know what? You should just live in fear. And that is deconstructionism, is the spirit of fear. Mm. We're just going to move your attention from fear to fear to fear to fear to fear until we've got everyone scared. And, mm-hmm. and then we go for power. And the way you get scared people on your side is you say you have a solution. Mm -hmm. The problem is is that your solution doesn't work, but you gave them a little bit of hope to gather them. And then you made them afraid of everyone that disagreed with them. Mm -hmm. And we have all these conversations going on right now over what we should be afraid of and what the solution is. And we shouldn't have been afraid of that thing over there. And the solution I told you, it, it didn't work. But it doesn't matter because now I got you afraid of something else. Yeah. And here we go. The spirit of fear is whipping the planet into a 
disconnected, divided situation. And most all of it is leading people away from Christ towards something else, yeah. which there's pretty much everything else. I, I, it's amazing how in, in the last two years the. I mean, I'm I I think this way. So you know, I'm just being. We've talked about being a a person of covenant. That that that's rooted. That's who I am. So every approach, you know, you gave the illustration of the coffee shop. You know, I'm a, I have covenant relationship with the people that work in the coffee shop. This is this is the exchange they get because I'm a covenant person. Mm-hmm. So I just think about the the level of just genuine care and attentiveness to just people you don't know has dwindled mm-hmm. dramatically in our exchanges. It's it's so selfish. Everything is so selfishly driven to protect myself from you because I don't know if you're a threat or not because I don't know if you agree with me or disagree with me more than ever we care about if you agree with me. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the loudest agenda that I feel is just, you feel it in the grocery store. Yeah. And it's it's funny because I'm like, I remember the grocery store used to feel like you'd have these kind exchanges. You know, I remember it, it just feels like it's changed. You, you're, and, you're a country girl, though. <laughs> you know. Yes, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, we go to this Folsom. This is how people who live in the country talk like you. Uh, the, the, I mean, people that are crammed together in cities where they don't look at each other, they sure. don't acknowledge each other. I just, uh, but how do you do that? It's like we're we're created to love people, which means I have to be willing to look at you. Well, I'm just saying that life in the city or life in a, a, a an environment that you. You've either experienced or been trained to be on guard mm-hmm. all the time, twenty four seven. We, you know, we live in a little area where we wave at the people who we drive by <laughs> as we're going to our house. Hey, neighbor, I don't even know who you are, but hey, hey, and they wave back. And right. I, you know, and if I, you know, if there's a problem, I'd run to my neighbor's house. Yes, and, we still have that in our little neighborhood. Right, and we say help, and but they when would. they go to the city, to Costco, it's it doesn't feel like that. No, the closer you get to the. But I don't think it's always felt like that. I mean, I've never lived in the city, city that because I am. You more lived of... in Reading. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> but I think even no matter what city I've ever visited or been to, I I think this is how I. I want to operate always mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is to be a person that is I'm restoring the expectation of relationships mm-hmm. and community and how we do this mm-hmm. from, you know, when we've been in New York City and it's the Bellman to my corner store. And that, being kind, yeah. and being generous, being patient, you know, be, being all the things that really are a fruit of the spirit of love that directs us in all relationships, in all environments. You know, I know when I am impatient and and unkind, and I I know, I feel I am violating Mm -hmm. my core right now. Danny, you're out of control. (laughs) Dude, snap out of it. I I get in a situation where I'm just raw. And I can feel that fear is leading me. That's what fear does to me is it turns me into the worst version of myself. Yeah. So. Don't do that. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't do it. It's not. Very long, very <laughs> much. But yeah. I, 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 got the, I get the feeling when I get scared, it, it, it's right there. And I think that, you know, scared people think that, Justice, in the condition of being disconnected and scared, justice is might makes right. Like if mm-hmm. I can get the most people to think like this, and if you and you can get a lot of scared people to agree with you because you are pointing at something that they say, yeah, that's 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 unjust. Mm-hmm. That's an injustice. So you know we have all this social justice conversations going on and, and people taking on the 
the cape of social justice, but in fact, they really are just rallying around a common fear. Mm -hmm. They're not solving problems. These problems aren't getting solved. They're just getting more expensive. Mm -hmm. they're, they're rallying money and power to a topic, to an issue, and screaming about it and, and accusing everyone that disagrees with them of being something that it, they're not, whether it's a racist or uh, a this phobe or a that phobe. I, I'm not any of those things, no matter how many times you say that to me, and I disagree with you. Mm -hmm. that, that's called social justice, and it's not. It's bullying, usually. It's just intimidation. <laughs> it's, it's punishment, run amok, because yeah. you got some power and you got some friends. But I didn't change because you're angry. Mm -hmm. And I didn't change because you're scared. And call me what you want to call me, but it doesn't change who I am. Yeah. So how do we restore, you know, this, the, the devil's had such an agenda of, you know, dividing people because of fear. How do we, how do we redeem the covenant of community that God has so ingrained in us to need people? Yeah. Well, I don't know how you do it outside of love. You know, I don't know how you create real justice. Like kingdom justice is restoration. Like we've been restored in our covenant relationship. That's justice. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people say, well, you know, if they, if they do that, then it's over. Like, well, hardly anything's over in the kingdom. I'm trying to think of one. Uh, Jesus surrounds himself with 12 guys that he pours his life into. You know, imagine camping with Jesus for three years. <laughs> wow, what's the, there's, some, there's some campfire stories right there. There's some yeah. transformation that happened in those guys' lives. And right up to the very end, and he says, you're all going to betray me. Now, betrayal is like a giant owie. Yeah. You know, like uh, like the biggest the biggest mistake you can make in a relationship is betrayal. And all of them, not one of them, all of them are going to deny they ever knew him and betray him. And he's going to get hauled away and crucified while they all huddle together like a little pack of chickens. And he comes and looks for them. And he never turns his love off. He never just gets rid of you. Like this, these are the standards that we're called to in justice. This is we're pursuing justice, and in and in doing so, we're we're achieving kingdom justice by restoring relationships, even people who betray each other. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, got some work to do. <laughs> And, in, and, and when you're scared, justice is punishment. Like we're gonna, I'm going to punish you. If you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you worse. You bring a knife, I bring a gun. <laughs> you know, it's just like I'm going to get justice by overpowering you mm -hmm. and controlling you, dominating you, inflicting suffering on you, and that's called justice. Yeah. Well, what a terrible idea to open up the whole planet to the internet, scare them all, and then call justice is needed in this area. And all these people rally to control, punish, inflict suffering, you know, reject. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's insanity mm -hmm. what fear is whipping up on the planet. So we go back to, um, I mean, one of our Kylo Five, mm -hmm. which is choose love over fear. I guess that that's that's where we're landing this segments of community is you've got to keep choosing love over fear. You must protect your connection to the spirit mm -hmm. of love. Mm -hmm. You know, being directed in love, regardless of the condition, regardless of the relationship, regardless of even the injury. Mm -hmm. Your best is happening in your connectedness to love. 
What you're about to do after that is your best. Your worst is waiting for you on the other side of a connection to fear. Mm-hmm. You, will, you will be a, uh, a terrible example on the other side of your decision to follow fear. So don't be following fear and uh, be connected to love instead of fear. And justice in the kingdom uh-huh. is, is our, restoration. Is restoration. Not punishment. Mm-hmm. Which is what, what we're hoping for Yeah, is how we redeem this uh, swirl uh, and, and reestablish heavenly community. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what I keep going to, which is... Which is what we're doing. We're chasing after that. You know, we've got our Kylo Five. We've got our Kylo Show. We've got all sorts of things that are pointing you to how do we help you be a powerful person? How do we help you be a person that learns how to set healthy boundaries, to choose love over fear, to do all the different, you know, I mean, we've boiled it down to five, but how do you do that well? I think that that's, that's what we're doing in all these different avenues. So I think it's been fun talking through the community and all the different aspects of it. Yeah. And, you know, it is a it is something that I think a lot of people are just searching for to be known and to feel connected and and then to have something that they're protecting and a part of. You know, it is, it is a really rewarding feeling. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're looking to partner with someone or something, we would invite you to partner with us at Loving on Purpose. You know, we've got donors that are really uh, a vital part of the success of what we're doing. And, Big deal. And we're beyond grateful for the testimonies that come from the reason why they chose to be partners mm-hmm. um, with us and, and to donate is because they were transformed. They yeah. had an, a revelation through a book or through a conference or, or the show that has helped them on the other side. And mm-hmm. so I think that that's just it. The testimony alone is, is so much encouragement. Um, and, but, you know, partnering with us to keep expanding the messages. Help is, us get to a whole healthy family. That's it. to save the world. It's a big goal, guys. Yeah. It's a really big dream. It's and big it's going to require a lot of help. So yeah. if you're interested in, in partnering with us, please visit lovingonpurpose.com. Um, but thank you so much for already listening to the show and uh, sharing it with your friends. We always love that. So we're going to go ahead and jump into questions and we'll see you in just a moment. Okay. Well, we're going to jump into questions and the first question we have comes to us from Dale. Hi, this is Dale from Australia. I love what you guys are doing. Wife and I have been on the Kylo journey for 10 months, devouring your books, podcasts, and courses, seeing powerful changes in most relationships. We have five ASD kids. Our 16-year-old daughter has strong aspergic traits. She's only self-driven watching shows she likes. Everything else only happens if we spend ourselves to facilitate it. If we say you're welcome to enjoy the Wi-Fi just as soon as, then she chooses to not have and just be miserable. She prefers to be miserable than to take responsibility. Hassle time is met the same way. If we ask her what she needs or needs to feel, we get I don't know. If we explore the feeling well, still I don't know. If we truth her what we are experiencing, she is overwhelmed. If we offer her choices, she is overwhelmed. We have a great church village who she also shuts out. I know you have said to not give in too quickly and to stay in the uncomfortable. We have done that at times for months without change. When she was young, she would literally hold her breath until blue or eat nothing for two days to get her way. You have said culture shift takes time and we realize we may not have a strong enough connection to pull on. So my question is, beyond what has already been covered, do you have any further advice, particularly in relation to building connection with ASD kids? We have seen ASD relatives with no friends live alone with poor self-care. We want to do a good job of avoiding that. Thank you. Okay. And ASD would be autistic. Spectrum disorder. Yeah. So uh, five autistic children in one home is probably meaning that this is uh, adoptive care or some uh, fostering or something specialized, Mm -hmm. you know. 
I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to have to go with that. Um, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, Dale and his, and his wife have professionals involved with this. So uh, hoping that that's a given, that you have professionals involved in the managing behavior, mm-hmm. um, it, it's still going to come back to connection. But, you know, the, the hard spot right here is she has to also value the relationship, which is very difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah. There's there's almost a... Uh, that's what's broken, is they, you know, an autistic person is having a really difficult time engaging the outside world. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not up to Dale and his wife w- whether this young lady ends up happy or miserable. Mm-hmm. It's, but it is up to them how much of her miserable impacts the rest of the family. Mm-hmm. And so there will be some, some boundaries and, uh, you know, feel free to join us when you're fun to be around conversations as much as possible. Uh, I, I would stay out of the power struggles because mm-hmm. that this is just a power struggle looking yeah. for a place to happen. Yeah. And you may want to create an outlet for your family that, you know, if she is going to be disruptive, she's going to be punishing to the whole family, and there's, there's nothing you can do about that. You may want to set up a feel free to be in the house with us as soon as. And then she is escorted off to another home environment that's safe, That's but she is not disrupting the home. Mm-hmm. It, when you don't have that relief valve, then it turns into a showdown. It turns into a power struggle. And and eventually, a 16-year-old and parents are punishing each other for control. Yeah. And so I would, you know, I would, uh, we used to call it, you know, uh, Agnes or or whoever that would come and, and get a child and take them to their home, and it's not lollipop land. It's just an another environment that they are much less likely to uh, give that kind of disruption because they don't know these people. They don't know what they'll do. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, if I push those buttons, maybe they'll kill me. So <laughs> I better be careful. Which and they and they, but it is a. a, a a relief valve for the family to maintain their culture, to maintain their connections and their routines while the 16-year-old is being miserable. Yeah. You know, so I would, I would definitely build that into the rhythm of mm-hmm. your, your routines because your routines are so important in, in this case. Yeah. I love love and logic for this, you know, they are, yep. uh, you know, they've got all sorts of different doctors that have worked with kids from that have all different disorders, from eating disorders, medical disorders. Um, I, I know Down syndrome, autism. I'm, I've seen all sorts of things that they have come out. So that's another really great resource that they yeah. have. We don't have that, you know, we don't have that going on in our stuff. We have a lot of love and logic tools that we've woven in are things that we love, but they are just a really great platform to look at for Absolutely. additional help. Um, I, I know it was Dr. Foster Klein when you and I were looking at it. I don't know if he's still I there anymore. I don't think he's still around. I, he might be, he, but uh, Charlie Fay, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's a, a PhD. I think uh, they've gotten some new people in. They must have. So um, that's who I would I would guide you to as, as experts in this. I, you know, I, I've had the privilege of working alongside a few people that um, – you know, this is they work in, in special ed uh, facilities and they have implemented all of our stuff and they've seen great success. So I know that there's testimony there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you just it's been a dance for them figuring out what it is that works for what kids and and how to approach it and make adjustments in the process. So I would tell you, Dale, to just keep leaning in and keep searching out some really great resources and then get the help you need. 
And avoid those power struggles with yeah. all your heart. Yes, mm-hmm. that is it. All right, awesome. Well, we're going to go to our next question, which comes to us from Christina. Hi, Danny and Brittany. My name is Christina, and my husband and I have three boys who are five, almost four, and one. And we've been doing Kylo for about a year now. We're just finishing up Loving Your Kids on Purpose, and we're loving the Coffee Kids and Crazy series. So we're not super new to this. However, there is one area where my husband and I have zero plan. Um, (laughs) And that causes a lot of chaos in our household. And that is when it comes to cleaning up the kids' playroom. So... We have a playroom that is also half of their um, homeschool room, and it's where we spend a lot of time. The boys spend a lot of time in there, so naturally it gets super messy. (laughs) Well, long story short, every single day it's a power struggle to get them to clean it up. There's days where it is like, we're just going to throw away all of your toys because we don't know what else to do. Um, we would love any advice that we could get on how to encourage them and help partner with them to make this task not feel so daunting to a five-year-old and a three-year-old. So anything would be great. Thank you so much. Yes. Oh, the playroom, Mm. the playroom, the playrooms. I, I mean, they're, they're awesome. They keep the kids entertained. They're blessing until you go into them and you regret all of your life's decisions and ever bomb. buying them toys. Yes. So I understand that. I, I totally do. And, and I, rem- I mean, Lainey is our more messier one. Uh, Lincoln is close in second. Um, and it's, you know, it, there's been limited toys before in their room, uh, especially when they're younger, because, they couldn't handle having all of these this bounty of mm-hmm, toys. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't do it. And mm-hmm. so it's like I, adults with money. Yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> so I remember limiting and kind of packing away half of these toys because they just couldn't handle it because it just got overwhelming. Um, my son, who's 10, different age, I get it. Um, he has so many Legos. It's an insane amount of Legos that were given to him birthday Christmas and then somebody's son outgrew them you know so more Legos and I looked at him and I said I love you and I love your love for Legos but there are no more Legos allowed in this house until you get rid of some more Legos Mm. so the other day we were walking through and I told him that he could get something for five dollars or whatever because he had helped with the dog and whatever and he's like oh I want to look at the and he stops himself and I was like what what are you wanting to go look at? He goes, nothing. Nothing. And <laughs> it's a moratorium. And so then I realized you were gonna say Legos, but you remembered. I said, no more Legos until you get rid of some. And he hasn't gotten rid of any. But it you know, I I I think it's to help them be successful at that age, because it's not, you know, the five year old and the three year old, you can definitely require things from them, but it's you, you're setting them up for failure if you, they've got an endless supply of toys. Like I, Ikea, I love their idea of storage and how they make everything look really cute and clean. No one's room ever looks like that. I don't know where they're from, Switzerland. I don't believe you. I don't believe that there's not a mess in your beautiful little Sweden. cubbies, wherever you're from. I don't believe you. It's still crazy messy. So I, one, limit the options, store them away, recycle them through. They actually like them more. Um, and I, I do lots of, hey, feel free to watch your show as soon as that playroom's clean. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've had days without a show. And they throw fits. Oh, that's no fun. You want to be fun or you want to go in your room? Um, so we've we've done that. I think that's totally doable for the, th- the five- and three-year-old. Three-year-old's going to be a little, you know, I would, again, minimize, you know, what the expectation is. You can play with a bucket. You can't. But it's it's creating routines and system. The hard part is it's not fun to manage this mm-hmm. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of like teaching them to brush their teeth every night. You're kind of managing this routine until you get to say, okay, go brush your teeth. And they just have learned this is part of the routine. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. But it is the 
inconvenience of parents' life and creating routine structure to play with a bucket of toys, you have to clean up a bucket of toys. Otherwise, we take away the buckets of toys. I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's not out of punishment, and it's not, you know, I know the vengeance of I will just get rid of all toys because they're evil and I hate them, but mm-hmm. it's just helping them learn how to manage freedom and responsibility. Yeah, and you probably could uh, divide the room into territories. Yeah. And you could give the older one the biggest swath of land and say, when this is clean, you're out of here. Yeah. And then say to the five-year-old who has the next size. I think it's five and three and one. That's what they're working with. Oh, oh, oh. Five's the oldest. Yes, that's okay. what I'm saying. Five's the oldest. Okay. Well, five-year-old's got the lion's share of this then. Yeah. But hey, as soon as this is, these toys are put away, you you get out of jail free. Mm-hmm. Um, three-year-old, you know, you got this bucket to fill and well one-year-old you're you're off the hook yeah (laughs) until next time until next time yeah i think that is you know there just has to be a way for each one to feel powerful in that situation Mm -hmm. uh and then there's the whole redemption bag approach which is um where'd all our toys go oh they're in the redemption bag I love this. We we have never really gotten into it, but it, I love the stories. From I, only got logic. To, I only got to do it one time. Oh. But Who that, did you use it with? Uh, it was our family. It, it was, was just all of us? Yeah. I don't really remember. Yeah. It was, Clearly, I'm not scarred, so that's yeah, a good sign. There you guys. go. <laughs> just, <laughs> it, it just would be, hey, you, you want to pick this up, or do you want me to do it? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, it was after bedtime, like it needed to be picked up. Before we went to bed or something like that. It's just it was gone in the morning. Yeah, it's your bedroom. It's the playroom. It's mm-hmm. the living room. It's the whole house, whatever it is. Yeah. And then the, the parent just goes through and cleans it up, puts mm-hmm. it in a big bag. And they say, hey, where's my baseball glove? Oh, it's in the redemption bag. Well, where are my roller skates? In the redemption bag. What is it? What do I got to do? Well, <laughs> come here. I got a little tour. Yeah. And I put them to work. Mm-hmm. And then the next time you just say, do you want to get that, or do you want me to get it for you? Yeah. <laughs> They're on. They at least go through and pick up the things that they really. Mm-hmm. They may not pick up everything, but then you just learned what trash you have in your house. Yeah, because they don't really want that. They're not willing to work to get that back. That's trash. Yeah, I I normally tell my kids, um, you know, I don't always do this, but when it's you know the. The room is overwhelming, and they don't even know where to start. I say, I will give you 30 minutes of help, but you have to be engaged the whole time. This is a big job, 30 minutes. <laughs> they paint in the house? <laughs> well, it's normally <laughs> cleaning out the closet as well as you got to take their laundry down or whatever. But it's as long as you're helping, I'm helping, and we're doing it together. Yeah. Um, it's it's coming alongside them so they feel successful. Mm-hmm. And then I'm usually really encouraging, okay, this the only things here left to do are this, this, and this. You can do it. I, I think that just gives them hope that there's side I think it, it. it feels so great when you say, you know, you want to do this by yourself or do you want me to help? Yeah. And they go, I want you to help. Yeah, please. Say, okay, I'll help as long as you're helping. Uh-huh. But if you want me to stay in this, mm-hmm. I need to see you working. I've done, will you play with me? I'd love to play with you. But your playroom is crazy. So <laughs> you want to go clean up some of your toys, and then you create a space for mommy to come play. I've done that in their room before because I don't want to go in there. Mm-hmm. It's just absolutely mayhem. So I that has worked because they want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've done that exchange, and that was when they were younger. So they clean it up, and then you go in and dump everything out? No. No, okay. I wish I, if only. <laughs> no, and then we clean up together. Um, but I, I think that it's it's just a, I mean, it's life's busy, life's hard. It's, it is creating routines and some structure to their, this is what we do. And, and often I'll, you know, Mondays, Wednesdays are really longer days for me at the office, and you know, I will make a list. Feel free to have any device or television or any of that once all these things are done. It's usually cleaning up, usually some reading in there, some other chores. And, and you know, we've, this is what they've come to expect. This is pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to protect it and, and create a plan for it. Um, maybe twice a week check-ins. Maybe that would be helpful. 
So school's almost about to start, or I think at this point it's starting for most people. Everyone should be in there. So that usually helps. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully you get into the swing of things a little bit easier when school starts. But you can do it, Christina. Yeah. This is and this is how you train your civilians to <laughs> be to participate responsibly in the yeah. community. And it's just gonna grow from the toy room to a million other things. So yep. you'll get it. You'll get it. All right, we're gonna go ahead and jump into our testimony. All right, well, our testimony today comes to us from Allie. Hey, Danny and Brittany, it's Allie. And I just wanted to share a little testimony about using Kylo tools in my life. Um, I have obviously known these tools uh, for years and helped you guys write about them and teach them. But using them in your life is where the rubber meets the road, as you know. And this year, um, uh, my boyfriend and I, he's in med school, as you know, and he at long distance. So we're doing lots of communicating and um, dealing with life stuff, stress. And um, he had just a lot of things happening. And I, I think I even <laughs> talked with you about some of the, the things he was dealing with. And, and um, we, we got disconnected and it was really tough. And, and I was just kind of going, what happened? And part of it was you, we got disconnected. And then because of his schedule, um, it just felt like we, we didn't have the time to work on it. So it's like you get disconnected, then there's this time period where you're waiting to see like, okay, are they going to come back and, and work through it? Um, and you're just sort of like, I hope your goal is connection. And, and I, you know, I'm going, what is my goal <laughs> in all of this? And you can really just feel so spun by, um, by things. And he got home for the summer and we just went to work having really good conversations. And right from the beginning, I just communicated, you know, my goal with you is connection is reconnection. And I hope that's your goal too. And he said, yeah. And, um, so we have, I think been, uh, navigating the, um, just process of, of working through just, you know, misunderstandings and the things that kind of led to the disconnect. And, um, but just saying that my goal with you is connection. And I've heard you say that too, that when you just say that out loud in the middle of a disconnect or when you, um, are just feeling that tension with your loved one, um, how it just changes the whole situation. And, um, that really did for us. And so, um, yeah, we, we got reconnected and we've just been like, okay, this feels so good <laughs> to be reconnected and to be um, smarter, wiser about the things that got us disconnected in the first place. And okay, let's start using the tools that we need to, um, it, it, it's like you just get way more aware of, of your connection and um when things start to feel distant and, and you're just like, how are we doing? And, and you start to check in more. And um, so I, there was also one instance um, where we were just kind of being honest <laughs> and bringing up some, some hurt and some pain and, and it just got a little heavy. And um, I realized that I just needed to shift gears and, use love languages. He's a words of affirmation. <laughs> and it was just like, Oh, I think I've gone a little too far. Um, <laughs> with kind of the I need you to do this. And why didn't you do this and blah, 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 you know, and I just shifted into like, here's what I appreciate about you. Here's what I love about you. And this is um, what I'm, I'm so proud of you for doing XYZ. It just completely changed the whole conversation. <laughs> and it was just like, wow, okay, these tools of connection um, are are real and they work. And he just immediately moved toward me. And anyway, it has been a wonderful summer of connection using Kylo tools. And thank you always for 
um, just beating the drum. You can't say it enough. And um, so grateful for you. Love you. <laughs> Allie. Yes, Allie is our, our writer and partner in helping come up with some amazing things that we say. She's, she's She really makes smart. us sound smarter. She does. She's, she, I mean, she, she makes us sound pretty smart. We, we, <laughs> we need more alleys in our life. We need more. She's a, she's powerhouse. She's helping me with my book right now, which is fun and a wild process, but I've only ever really worked with her with you or, different things so i'm i'm solo with Allie right now yeah it's yeah it feels like Allie's always been with us and so <laughs> she's been with us a very long time a very long time <laughs> i mean i think she's had her hand in every single book in yeah. one way oh, or yeah. another yeah yeah right yeah she so. does and even even outlining this show mm -hmm. you know she shows up everywhere she she, she keeps us on track she does yeah yep and Allie so really happy. needs like a force of people to help her because it would be great. We could do so much more. Yeah. And I'm really happy for her and this how things season. are progressing. Yes. Yeah. It's fun. So way to keep your love on, Allie. Yep. Way, to, way to do all the things that you know so well. Yep. <laughs> Those Kylo Fives that you help originate and come yeah. up with and whole healthy families are going to save the world. It's all Allie. She's, uh, she, she listens to us well in our heart and then makes it sound beautiful. Yep. That's she what does. she does. She's a gift for sure. So, well, I think uh, she's just given us a great testimony of, of hope, of leaning in and that disconnect and reminding people, especially that you love and care about, that my, my goal is connection with you. Mm -hmm. let, me, let, me, let me leave with that. So, you know, I think as we wrap up this um, just last couple of weeks of talking about com community and, and really uh, how messy it can be loving people and building in relationship, I, I guess, remembering the, the goal is connection and, and keeping that alive and protecting that. Um, Cause that's what, that's what we're all about. And it's almost immediate. You can feel the energy of the spirit that you choose mm -hmm. fear or love mm -hmm. pour into the situation and, so fast. and manifest fruit. Yep. That's it. So choose wisely. Choose wisely. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for joining us on The Kyla Show, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Never miss an episode of The Kylo Show by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch us on the Loving on Purpose YouTube channel. Don't forget to submit your questions and testimonies to thekyloshow.com. The Kylo Show is produced by Ali Armading, co-produced by Ashley Beck and Anna Hill, sound engineer and edited by Taylor Silk, and show promoter Christian Zamora. Don't forget, whole healthy families are going to save the world. <laughs>